Hello, my name's Hilary Alexander, and I'm working with Debenhams to put the spotlight on its amazing portfolio of designers. Back in 1996, Debenhams was the first high street name to introduce the designer collection, and that was when it launched the J by Jasper Conran range. Over the last three decades, the lineup has grown to include more than a dozen of Britain's best designers, including Preen, Julia MacDonald, Jenny Packham and Matthew Williamson. Today we're talking to the latest addition to designers at Debenhams, Richard Quinn, the first winner of the British Design Award, which was presented by Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II at his first ever catwalk show at London Fashion Week. Richard, hi. Hi, uh, you're right, Ellie. What a fantastic sort of 18 months or nearly two years it's been to describe um, your career as stratospheric is almost um, devaluing <laughs> the word stratospheric. Yeah, it's I mean, been the quite Queen, crazy. and then just recently, Amal Clooney wearing one of your designs at the Met Gala. Yeah, so it's kind of gone quite quickly, but it's been quite exciting, I guess. It's fabulous. I mean, when did you actually graduate from Central St Martins? So I graduated from the BA in 2014, mm. and I went straight on to the MA, and yep. graduated so to so 2016. So it's within two years. Yeah, so coming up to two years now, I've just graduated, yeah. It's fantastic. Now, obviously, having the Queen sitting on a blue velvet cushion <laughs> next to Anna Winter in the front row at your show at London Fashion Week must have been an amazing boost to your career. No, definitely. And it's kind of like surreal when it happened, but it's it, it's put us in the spotlight with everyone, kind of shown what we do in the small studio in Peckham to a wider audience now, which is great. And I gather your parents were were in the show, were at the show as well. Yeah, they asked me where, the British Fashion Council asked me where they were to sit, and I just wanted them directly opposite the Queen. So that worked out quite well. And Jaws were they on the floor. Were they thrilled? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now tell us a little bit about um, Amal Clooney. How did this come about? Because she must be one of the most photographed sort of style icons in the world. Yeah, exactly. And then that happened by Anna Winter coming to the show. Mm -hmm. She saw the foil pieces and kind of more of the gown section that we did and she suggested us because she was a co-chair right. with Anna so Amal actually phoned me up and then she and seemed... what said hi Richard this is Amal Clooney yeah basically so I had like a message gave my number she phoned me up um, really relaxed and she's so intelligent as well she's really nice and it's kind of the people that we like working with very easy relaxed environment so yes then she shot a few ideas back and forwards of works that she'd seen mine previously and then came down to the studio in Peckham a few times, did a fitting. <laughs> now, I think we need to tell listeners a little bit about this studio in Peckham. Yeah. It's underneath the arches. It's in a row of about 30, I guess, small businesses, Yeah. including your father who runs a scaffolding business. Yeah, it's and like a fashion version of Phil Mitchell's. <laughs> it is, exactly. We've got French polishers and... Um, waste paper disposal and glass manufacturers. Yeah, it's, so it's extraordinary. It's more like um, a kind of industrial plant. Yeah, so it's just directly below Queen's Row Peckham. Right. My dad's been there since about 95 or 96. So I've always seen the area change, and but it's quite nice to see all different creative kind of industries within a really short yeah. distance of each other. So even our print tables were made by the steel workers and 
our glass was put in by the glass guys. So it is like a really nice kind of community there as well. So we have like an open access studio. So we do affordable rates for students. We also produce stuff for other companies like Burberry and things like that for sampling. And then we obviously produce Mm. my collections and my production in that space. It's amazing. I mean, the first thing you see, because it's a big sort of open door kind of space, as you say, is this gigantic printing (laughs) um, press, printing machine with reams and reams of fabric spilling out (laughs) in the most vibrant floral yeah, you can imagine. I mean, this was is what Amal Clooney would have seen as she walked in. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of the nice thing about Amal coming to the studio. It was kind of the environment that we have every day. Even her mum came down one time. She's just so genuine and nice and down to earth. Um, and it's kind of nice to have like a dialogue in a relaxed environment. So we developed the print and the colour when she was with us. And because we can do everything quite immediately, it's quite mm-hmm. a nice way to do it in that space. And she was aware of, you know, your kind of rather vibrant use of colour, extravagant yeah. use of colour, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, she knows the collections and all that kind of stuff, but we wanted to make her dress more of a tasteful take on uh, religion and more of like a tasteful Virgin Mary and stained glass print rather than a literal one. Right, because it, it was like a bodice and then a pair of dark sort of midnight blue... Silk trousers. Silk trousers. And, and then, then it had like a big train made from this like mylar foil that we print on our Epsom machines. And it's, yeah, it's a really nice juxtaposition. You've got something really high shine and something quite matte. Now, print is obviously um, the kind of driving force behind the way you work your designs. Yeah. How did you get into print specifically? So when I went to St Martin's, I did the foundation where you try lots of different things out. But then uh, I went on my year out. Well, I took a year out and I worked for Michael Vanderham and he sent me up to St. Martin's to the print room, I think to pick up some foil glue, I think it was. But um, even that short period of time, having an idea of the space and a dialogue with the technicians and what a creative environment it is and everyone was there really late and just getting on with it, really spurred me on to delve into that world further. And then I was put into the, well, I applied for fashion print, which where you make all the clothes, do all the patterns and actually pattern cut, but then you also do your fabric right. textile design. So um, you really like doing things sort of from the ground up. So you Yeah, for sure. So it's more of like a craft-based, very tactile process, I think. Even screen print, the whole of my BA was screen printed and I loved doing an actual process where you are in control of it with so many different variants that you can mm. try out. And I've heard you say before you can print pretty much on any kind of fabric or any material. Yeah, you can. The only tricky one is rubber, but I think they've got, we've tried different binders and catalysts to come over that. But yeah, you can pretty much adapt any surface, whether you dye it or print it or do whatever you want or stick something to it. You can always change it. Because <laughs> I've seen quite a few of your collections. And I mean, there's motorbike helmets you've done, yeah. you know, completely printed to match the dresses and the coats. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why when we use. We've got different types of machines, but they're all Eps and all the colour matching is great. So you can get the same print colour from the clothes onto the helmet. So that was great. So we've got like a solvent machine as well as two uh, fabric printing machines as well. And how many machines altogether in your studio? I think it must be printing There's, about five. Oh, we've got a new one downstairs, actually. We've got two fabric textile ones, a sol- eco-solvent printer, and then downstairs we've got a new digital textile printer, and then the rest is all hand works. And we've got our big... Uh, Roller heat press. Uh, right. That's what's churning out all the fabric. <laughs> now, you say eco-solvent. Um, that intrigues me because I know you're trying to be as sustainable as possible. Yeah, definitely. So the director fabric machines, you usually get 
involve lots more print process where you have to wash and there's a lot of water that comes from it and the colours don't really come out that nice I personally don't feel mm -hmm. whereas with sublimation the only waste is the paper and we get that recycled so it's like a real and some of the polyesters that we use now pretty much they're all recyclable so there's like more advances in the fashion technology which and, is great and the inks you use are water-based all water-based yeah and you're having everything kind of printed and made in and around London yeah I, even saying earlier even having a factory in North London. So we print all the fabrics, do all our show samples in that space when it comes to production. We print everything, send the patterns to factories, but even having one in North London, I find a bit far for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, traffic for a start. Yeah, exactly. So we kind of like to enrich not only our own business and our employees, but other businesses around. And even it's quite funny seeing the units we had first season, now into second season, they're you actually watch these other companies grow as well, which is really nice to see, I think. Right. Now, I know that this collection for Debenhams is quite a big departure for you, but it's not the first time you've designed for the high street. No, I did uh, like a H&M design award. I won that. And as part of that, they do a high street capsule collection, which is great because they had like Margiela and all these different people before. So it's quite nice to see my work in that context. Right. And now coming forward to, to Debenhams, it's 12 pieces, isn't it? Yeah, 12 yeah. pieces. Yeah, I think altogether it's 12. And what would you say the inspiration is? It's taking a mix of what's really successful and I'm known for in the short period that I've been showing, like a nice dress coat, as well as the easy day dresses and ones that I think would be quite nice, whether you're going on a night out or if it's like an option for like a bridesmaid's dress. Um, I think there's like a nice balance of lots of different things there. I'm just looking at sort of coloured sketches. I mean, there's a really, really vibrant kind of red-pink. Yeah. This looks fantastic. Kind of like a layered chiffon dress, so you've kind of got the movement but with the print. Um, they're really quite... I mean, I would say they're quite feminine, despite yeah. the fact, you know, that they're made from strange or perhaps more unusual fabric. Yeah. Um, is that your kind of idea? You know, you want girls or women to look quite feminine? or I think it's really refreshing when you see the runway and it's really styled up and it's very immersive. And it's actually, I find the most intelligent pieces are ones that can be taken off the catwalk and are desirable pieces that will look as beautiful in a different context. Right. Um, so that's what we're really trying to achieve. So it can be what you can get from the runway, but a more accessible price point as well as more accessible kind of volumes as well. And what made you want to design for Debenhams? I think with Debenhams, as I was growing up, there's one on my high street going up and there was always, it's always been known for collaborating with young designers as well as more established designers. And I think that's kind of how you can build your brand and get a bigger reach as well as the girls that I would have grown up with being able to afford these sorts of dresses. So that's mm. quite a nice, refreshing take on it as well. And and why not? It's quite a nice project. It's always nice to meet and develop projects with other teams. And it's just nice to see it all works as well. And also, I think as a designer, it must be quite rewarding to be able to see a broader cross-section, if you like, of people wearing your, your designs. Exactly. I think that's how you do become a not only a more well-known brand, but more of a a brand that everyone knows, mm. and like a household name, that's how you get that reach. And I think Debenhams is not only a great place where quality is really good and things like that, but it will get to a different section of the market, which is quite nice. I mean, I, I would say you're fairly well on the way to becoming a household name, having had <laughs> you know the Queen watching one show, Amal Clooney wearing one of your outfits. Yeah. And I gather you also, um, earlier on, designed for Lady Gaga and her team of dancers. Yeah, so we did the Lady Gaga um, Joanne tour. 
Mm. We did like a, I think it was just after the interval, they did a big flower section. So they animated all my prints. And then we did all their dancing in Lady Gaga as well. So that's, I think we've got, I can't say who it is, but we've got another tour coming up, which would be really exciting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't probe. <laughs> now, obviously, you've got a good business head on your shoulders, Richard. Who would you say um, was perhaps the chief influence as you were growing up? In terms of, you know, doing what you wanted to do and setting up your business. I think when I was growing up, I was with my dad a lot, either in his lorry or his van going around. But it was fundamentally his company and he built up from the ground up. So seeing how he navigates not only business but people and how things worked kind of gave me like a good gauge of how to manage my own business, I think. And I gather you even worked as a scaffolder with him at times. Yeah, I would be more of like the on-site (laughs) labourer. dog's body but yeah i did see uh, a lot going on it is kind of nice to see that world of work as well like the hard graph side as well do you think it's harder for young designers to get started these days i i hear that from you know quite a few saying oh it's you can't get a you know toehold in the business and it's yeah too crowded what what's your take i have the opinion the complete opposite i just think for example if someone i think i was saying this to you earlier someone from Rochester added me on Instagram mm-hmm. and my Instagram's mine so I clicked on her profile and you see her work and that instantly made her a candidate for an opening we have at the studio so I think there are always jobs it's just putting yourself out there and actually having the willpower to do it and actually have confidence in your work I think half the time it just comes down to a defeatist attitude and not having confidence in your own work or having that own self-worth mm. I think even when I was working in Paris, there's like a shortage of people to fill roles, if anything. And having a fashion degree in women's wear is so transferable. As long as you're creative, you can do lots of different things. Even if you haven't got a job, you can do like an inter- interim kind of styling job, assisting work, and that could lead to another job. So I think just keep, I think be really positive. And also, I think perhaps, you know, grabbing at every opportunity. 100%. You never, it's really funny. On my first day at St. Martin's, we were all brought into this big room. And they did this big speech, like, look around, you guys. Like, these people are going to be the people you work for the rest of your life. And at the time, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> Even when I go to Debenhams or these people, it's really funny. There's these people in these teams that I go to meet. And you're like, oh. Even at my PR agency, the girl who deals with me was in my foundation class at St. Martin's. So it is funny that, like, just opportunities are so many different places. Yeah. So I think go for it I think and I mean fashion really is a big family isn't it exactly everyone's interchangeable everyone's got an opportunity everyone knows what's going on so let's reach out and go for it so Richard um give me some idea of how you became kind of one would say almost obsessed with print I mean was this something you studied right from the beginning yeah so I went into BA fashion with print where you not only this is at Central St Martin's Central St Martin's yeah so I did my BA then I did the women's wear with print and textiles course where you actually create the shapes and drape and make patterns and have a collection but you also make either embroidery or a print that goes with it but I was just very interested in printing and the actual control that you can have over it and even though you have control there's so many different variables that come from it there's so many different processes depending on what fabric you do so then my whole BA collection was made out of actually canvas for my final project and it was about taking that very raw basic material everyone has access to because I didn't really have any money back then (laughs) but taking something very it's kind of like a no excuse collection you hear so many students say I've got no money it's like trust me either did I but I went to the college shop and bought a pound a meter calico Mm. 
and painted it and changed the surface of it. And it was all about taking that very ordinary fabric and turning it into hopefully something extraordinary. So then that was all painted and they were meant to look like ripped dresses or canvases. And then from there, actually, I was kind of... when I always wanted to do the MA because you'd always see the MA students within the same studio. It's very exciting, very... Something intriguing about it, you'd see them running around stressed, but then you'd see what they'd been printing on that table three days later at the MA show right. li- on the live stream. And then you that kind of clicked in your head that that's a bigger audience, that's this, that and the other. So I then went from the BA, did the press show, had a bit of press from that and that was great. But I always fixated on doing the MA. So I applied for the MA. Was it a struggle to find the money though? Because it's quite is, expensive. That is the thing. But the great thing about St. Martin's is that and it's probably a testament to how good of an experience you do have from there, is that a lot of people that leave actually give back to the stu- students or scholarships when they do have their own brand or they go to another company. So I actually couldn't afford to do the MA. It's kind of apply and hope or just apply just to, out of intrigue to see if I could get on. I really got on with Fabio and Fleet and it was great kind of dialogue there. And I then spent that summer kind of scratching my head to think how... I could actually what do can it. I do, yeah. So then I think I emailed about the scholarships or they emailed me saying, if you haven't got any money, you're kind of here on the great van, you're kind of broke right now. So <laughs> <laughs> you can kind of come in and apply for this Stella McCartney scholarship. So I was kind of shortlisted for that. And then I had an interview with her team and what they liked about it was it was such a raw material and it was sustainable and it was all these different things, but didn't have the connotations or look of something that was sustainable. It was very much like a take on like some sort of couture imagery. Then they actually funded my MA course. So I, I think got that's that. brilliant, Stella McCartney. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I think, again, that kind of shows you how much you do get from St. Martin's as well. Even looking back now, if my brand grows, I'd love to give something back myself. Because then you always see students coming to the studio, and that was kind of the whole point of that, giving them like an affordable rate. Because mm. when I was in B, I wouldn't be able to afford outside print studios and stuff like that. So that was... Well, I know you're coming to Graduate Fashion Week, which yeah, is exactly, yeah. really fantastic, you know, to be a judge and also to give a talk um, with Debenhams, which I think would be brilliant for other students yeah, I to think... hear more from you, you know, about um, just having this positive... Attitude, yeah, and sure. energy, definitely. But even when I, I always think it's good not to. They can actually look up to me or think like that, but kind of look at a short space of time, and it is just a case of just doing it. It's and on no money and all that kind of stuff. But also, when I was like seventeen, eighteen, I'd be looking at the BA press show, looking how they change on the MA and all that kind of stuff as well. So it's nice to kind of have a kind of pinnacle that you can kind of aim for as well and show that it is possible. You don't have to graduate and mm. then not have a job, like graduate and just go into work or have your own label. It's very much, especially with social media now, there's no excuse that like you've got that reach. Yeah, and you can reach, you know, a customer base. Customer base, yeah. an editor, a stylist, anyone. It's just getting that foot in the door. Like I even saw on the front of Days magazine, there's a girl who hasn't even graduated women's wear at St. Martin's has a corset on a Solange <laughs> on the front. So, And that's purely through hard work and knowing someone or assisting on a shoot. I don't think that happens just by getting an email. You mm. have to reach out as well. So I think that's a really fresh way of working. Right. When you, when you won that Stella McCartney scholarship to do your MA... Um, did you find only being able to use sustainable uh, materials put any constraints upon the design process? I actually always think the most creative outcomes is when there is a sort of restraint that you have to get over because it makes you become... Or boundaries or something. Yeah, because yeah. I really wanted to do like this S&M look that looked like paint and leather 
but obviously I couldn't use leather nor wanted to at that point. So I developed like a medium and we were dipping shoes and it got rid of all the seams. So it was actually the final product from having that restraint was actually a more beautiful garment. Mm. It's more of like an archive piece rather than just like a cut and sew piece that you get from bachelors or something. Yeah. So I think it was like a nice way of working. Now, I know you use quite a lot of foil. You mentioned it yeah. you know, when we were talking about Amal Clooney's um, dress for the Met Gala. Um, where does that fabric actually come from? Or what is it more normally used for? Yeah, well, on the MA, I set myself a challenge to do like a pro- uh, project in the Poundstop, so Poundstop project. So that was actually just camping foil, so like the stuff. You oh, get. those survival blankets. Yeah, exactly. And then it was just a way of taking all these really cheap things for a pound and making value in nothing. Um, and then that just developed into like a really nice textile that ended up looking like a brocade when I like fused onto different weights of fabrics. Or like stained glass exactly. when it was worn by Amal Clooney. Yeah, because it kind of has that undescribable kind of shine to it. So it's mm. not really brocade, but it's not. It doesn't feel cheap. There's such a depth to it when you can print it. And it prints so well, so that right. kind of adds to the value in that such a non-district product. That, that kind of goes back to my BA as well, where you take something very mundane and make it something quite mm. precious. Have you used anything similar in Debenhams? Is there a sort of similar effect? Um, no, this is very much like focused on like richer fabrics, like right. the velvets. I did like all these velvet bodysuits in the MA, so we kind of made them into like these little mini dresses. We've got more of like a... more focused on print, mm. I think, this one. Now, I know you've got three sisters. Yeah. Did they wear any of your clothes? Before, when I was on the BA, it yeah. was very like unobtainable, it might stick to me type thing. But now we're adding on our production list, like, oh, one for Louise, two, like, two for Elaine, one for this. So I think that's quite nice as well. And their friends of friends are now wanting it. And well, they'll be able to go and get it at Debenham. Exactly. So I think this is kind of target customer as well. A lot of them getting married and events and dinners and stuff. So I think this is an ideal collection for it, I think. Brilliant. <laughs> now, with two years under your belt and quite a lot of remarkable success, I suppose the obvious question, Richard, is what next for Richard Quinn? Um, <laughs> if I told you, I don't know. Um, it's obviously to build the studio. I want to go to new premises, I think, to... I think I've got like a year and a half left on this contract. I think it'll do for now, but I want to move to a bigger space where we, only com- where we can accommodate bigger lengths of fabric more and split the business physically really into like a prison service as well as the label, as well as a stock room, as well as an office. Whereas at the moment, it's just like me and my sister doing all admin and it's kind of like a startup in a sense. It's just started up with quite quick, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's to grow and then actually make different departments. So it becomes like a real well-oiled machine i think right and then you've got your next collection for london fashion week yeah so that's have you started thinking about that yeah i have in terms of like sections not actual very pie in the sky right now (laughs) but i think our production for autumn winter gets delivered and sent end of may and then it's fully on product hopefully on the next collection then so we'll come up with some ideas i'm sure (laughs) do you think we could take any um hint from the 12 pieces you've designed for Debenhams? I think, actually, (laughs) yeah, all black. Uh, But it might be quite interesting because then you can see a silhouette. And I think mixing it up, I think the other designs that I might like, Christopher Kane and Galliano, always brought something new each season. That's what keeps them fresh. That's what kept me interested as as a viewer as well and as a fan. So I think even though I'm kind of known for florals, it is, I think people kind of fooled into thinking I've done it so long, but... I haven't actually been doing that many collections. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think push it forward a bit more, do something different and 
and shock people, make them excited. Otherwise, there's no point. That's the point of fashion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Richard, thank you very, very much. No worries. Thanks, Hilary. <laughs>